Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So... You're more than likely familiar with the Capital One commercials where they ask the question, what's in your wallet? Right. Today I want to ask the question, what's in your pocket? And it may be more appropriate for, for me to ask the women, what's in your purse? Now, if you're like me, what's in my pocket? It's, it's my phone. Now, Several years ago, if I were to pull out my phone, it it would have been one of those small flip phones that was really only good for making phone calls. Some of y'all are still using those today. (laughs) But for a majority of us, what we have, it's more than a phone. What we carry around in our pocket all the time are little computers. And, And we fill these little computers up with so much different stuff. So earlier this week, my my brother-in-law, he actually reminded our family that back in the 90s, if you wanted to install the the operating system, Windows 95, onto your desktop computer, you needed 14 floppy disks. (laughs) That was one setup disk and 13 installation disks. Think about that for a moment. So back in the 90s, the average floppy disk held 1.4 megabytes of data. Today, the average person carries around in their pocket between 64 and 128 gigabytes worth of storage space. And how you fill that space up is completely up to you. So what's in your pocket? (laughs) But now let me ask another question. Not what's in your pocket. Now let me ask, what's inside of you? What are you filling yourself up with? So last week we launched into this new series, this four-part series titled The Full Life, and we're looking at four different passages in the book of John, and and really I'm pulling this title, The Full Life, from John 10.10, where Jesus says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, and that's coming from the NIV translation. So let me remind you once again, of our main takeaway from this series. As believers, it's not about what we have on the outside of us that makes our life full. Rather, it's what's found on the inside of us. If you remember that, that idea where Jesus says, I've come to give you life to the full, it, it, it comes from this idea of a surplus, that when Jesus comes into our life, He fills us up with a surplus. Now, it's not a surplus of a lot of external things. It's a surplus of himself. Jesus fills us up with a surplus of himself. So let me say this again. As believers, it's not about what we have on the outside of us that makes our life full. Rather, it's what's found on the inside of us. So what's inside of you? What are you filling yourself up with? Are you living this full life not because you filled your life up with a lot of external things, with a lot of stuff, but are you living this full life because 
you have allowed Jesus to fill your life up with more of himself? Are you living this full life because you have a surplus of him? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, we're going to look at verses 18 through 31 today. John chapter 14, verses 18 through 31. Now as you're turning there, let me just set this up for you. Each week we're looking at a different word that ends with that suffix full, F-U-L. Last week we looked at peaceful. Today we're looking at, or last week we looked at worshipful. Today we're looking at peaceful. And it's not that having these things in our lives make our lives full. Rather, I believe that, that as believers, we're going to have these things in our lives as an overflow of the fullness or as an overflow of the surplus that we have already received in Jesus Christ. So last week we looked at the encounter with Jesus and the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And, and we saw Jesus as he encountered this woman. He gave her an opportunity to worship. Jesus makes our lives worshipful. And the passage that, that we looked at in John chapter 4 was really towards the beginning of Jesus' public ministry here on this earth. This morning... <laughs> As we look at John chapter 14, we're going to be looking at, uh, at a time that is towards the end of Jesus's earthly ministry, the end of his ministry here on this earth. And, and so at this point that we're going to be looking at, this is following the Last Supper. Jesus has already predicted the betrayal by Judas and the denial by Peter. His arrest and crucifixion is drawing nearer and nearer. But Jesus knew that, that he wasn't just going to go to the cross. Even after he rose again, he was going to be ascending to heaven, leaving his disciples here on this earth without him physically being with them. Now, all of this could certainly create some fear and the confusion for the disciples. Yet, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of, of what would be considered troubling times for the disciples... We're going to see that Jesus offers peace to them. And just as Jesus offers peace to them, I want to give you this reminder today. Jesus offers peace to you today. In Jesus, your life can be one that's full of peace. In Jesus, your life can be peaceful. And maybe you find yourself in the midst of some troubling or confusing times today. Let me say this again. Jesus offers peace to you today. In him, your life can be peaceful regardless of what external circumstances might be going on. In Jesus, if he is inside of you, if, if he has filled your life up with himself, in him, your life can be peaceful. So let's read this passage, John 14 verses 18 through 31. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. Excuse me, but you will see me because I live. You will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my father. You are in me and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. 
I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I've spoken these things to you while I remain with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. You have heard me tell you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you may believe. I will not not talk with you much longer, because the ruler of the world is coming. He has no power over me. On the contrary, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do as the Father commanded me. Get up, let's leave this place. So as we look at this passage today, there are three truths that I want you to understand about about peace. First, there is peace in knowing that we are not orphaned. There is peace in knowing that we are not orphaned. What did verse 18 say again? It says, I will not leave you as orphans. So we're all familiar with the song that we sing to each other on a birthday, the happy birthday song. But did you know that this song was not originally created as the birthday song? In fact, in 1893, it was written by two sisters, Mildred and Patty Hill, and it was written to be a greeting from a teacher to their students. The title of the song was called Good Morning to All. And the notation at the top of the song said it was to be sung brightly while standing. Now, I realize that I'm standing this morning and I'm feeling pretty bright, but I'm not going <laughs> to sing the song to you. But I do want to, I want to read these words to you. It says, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, dear children. Good morning to all. So as we look at this passage and we read Jesus's words, I will not leave you as orphans. It's important to understand the close-knit relationship that a teacher among the Hebrews had with their disciples. The teachers were considered to be their fathers and the disciples or the students of the teacher, they were considered to be dear children. So for a teacher to die or for a teacher to to leave their students, to leave their disciples behind, it was like their disciples were being orphaned, that they were becoming orphans. And, And for Jesus, for his disciples, they were really just beginning their ministry with Jesus here on this earth. And not only that, many of them had left their livelihoods behind to follow Jesus. Some had left behind being fishermen. Some had left behind being tax collectors. But they had left their their previous lives behind to follow Jesus. And so Jesus sharing with the disciples that he was going to be leaving soon, Jesus sharing with the disciples that he was going to be departing, that would have been very troubling. What was going to happen to this ministry that they were serving in? Was this ministry going to dissolve? 
had they left their livelihoods, their previous lives behind for no reason at all? Was it all worth it? Right? These questions are very real questions and very natural questions that they may have been asking themselves. But Jesus assured them, I will not leave you as orphans. And just as Jesus assured the disciples that he would not leave them as orphans, as we are his disciples, Jesus gives us that same assurance today that he will not leave us as orphans. Jesus will not leave you as an orphan. So Charles Spurgeon, pastor and an author in the 1800s, he considered several different ways that Jesus does not leave his followers as orphans. Orphans, And although we're not going to look at all of those ways this morning, there are a few that I want to highlight. First, an orphan is someone whose parents have died. An orphan is someone whose parents have died. And while Jesus' physical body here on this earth died, his spirit never died. While his body here on this earth was not breathing, his spirit continued to live. And on the third day, his spirit re-entered his body and he came out of that tomb alive and well. You see, we serve a living God. Amen. We've served someone that is alive and well. We have not been left as orphans. Second, an orphan is someone who is left alone. An orphan is someone who is left alone. And while Jesus physically ascended to heaven, he has not left us alone. In fact, at Pentecost, Jesus sent his spirit into this world to dwell not with believers, but to dwell inside of believers, giving us really an even closer-knit relationship with God than even the disciples had prior to Pentecost. I don't know if we think about that very often. But on this side of Pentecost, because of the Holy Spirit, we are able to have an even closer-knit relationship with God than even the disciples knew prior to Pentecost, because it's not just God dwelling with us, it is God dwelling inside of us. We have not been left as orphans. And third, an orphan is someone who has lost their defender. Parents are built-in defenders for their children. If you're a parent, you understand that. Parents are built-in defenders for their children. And to be orphaned is to be left without your natural defenders. But Jesus has not left us without a defender. In fact, it's in God's very nature to defend those, to protect those whom he loves. David reflected on this very nature of God in Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, saying, I will both lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, Lord, make me live in safety. So last weekend, our, our family got a new puppy. We named her Brinkley. And although we really haven't had her for that long yet, it wasn't long before she knew who her defender was. So on Wednesday, we had that big thunderstorm roll through. And, and so we had the rain, and we had the lightning, and we had the loud, booming thunder that was shaking our house. And where was Brinkley? She was cuddled up right next to my leg. <laughs> sleeping in peace right so so she knew she knew that 
that she could lie down next to me and she felt safe enough and secure enough to be able to sleep in peace. And that's the kind of defender that we have in the Lord, recognizing that he is with us. And so in the midst of life's storms, we are able to lie down in his presence, but not just lie down, we are able to sleep in peace. And maybe you need to be reminded of that today, that your defender is big enough and your defender is present enough in your life that no matter what you might be going through in this world, no matter what storm you might be going through, you can be safe and secure in his divine protection. And so let me just encourage you today, don't simply lie down next to your defender, sleep in peace. I don't know who, who needs to hear this today, but let it go and let yourself rest in his divine protection. So there's peace in knowing that we are not orphaned. Second, there is peace in knowing that this isn't it. There is peace in knowing that this isn't it. Uh, what does verse, uh, the second part of verse 19 say again? It says, because I live, you will live too. So first, because Jesus lived, we get to live. Because Jesus lived, we get to live. And we don't get to just live this life. We get to live in eternity. Beyond that, what this means is that even when our earthly body dies, we get to continue living. Jesus gave this reminder to, to Martha back in John chapter 11, verse 25. This is uh, right before he brings Lazarus back from the dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Because Jesus lived, we get to live. Amen. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a, a leader that died and stayed dead. We serve a God that is filled with resurrection power. So, Muslims believe that Muhammad is the messenger from God, and yet Muhammad was born in the year 570, and he died in the year 632. His body now resides in the Green Dome in Arabia. Muhammad died, and he remains dead to this day. Buddha was the founder of the religion Buddhism. Many of his followers believe that he is the Savior. But Buddha lived for only 80 years. He died and he remains dead to this day. But hear me now. When Jesus came into this world, he was born of a virgin. And he, he lived a sinless life. His accusers arrested him. They beat him. They shoved a crown of thorns onto his head and they nailed him to a cross. After his body stopped breathing to make sure he was dead, they shoved a spear into his side. Then they took his body and they put his body in that tomb. They rolled a stone in front of that tomb and they stationed guards at that tomb. But there was nothing in this world or under this world that could keep him in that tomb. Because on the third day when his spirit re-entered that body, that stone was rolled away and Jesus walked out of that tomb, defeating both death and and the grave. We don't serve a dead God. Amen. 
And Jesus said, because I live, you will live too. And because he lived, we have a peace and an assurance that we get to live. Even if our earthly body dies, we get to continue to live because of him. The second reminder that I want to give you from this verse is that we are living for more than just this life. So back in 2002, with the widespread usage of social media, there were four letters that were popular, popularized. Y-O-L-O, meaning you only live once. And, and with this idea came the, came the idea that, that because we only live once, we need to live this life to the fullest, even embracing risky behavior at times. Now, while I do think that there is some truth to that, that, that we should live this life to the fullest, and, and we should take advantage of every opportunity that we have been gifted in this life, I do believe that that, that idea of YOLO is a bit short-sighted. Because we are not just living for this life and this life alone. We are living for something more than this life. We are living for eternity. So the world has given us Y-O-L-O. Let me give you four different letters to embrace. Instead of embracing YOLO, let me give you four different letters to embrace. L-I-F-E. Live intentionally for eternity Live intentionally for eternity. You know, Peter is a great example of someone that began to live intentionally for eternity. Because, But before Jesus was crucified, he was terrified of losing his life here on this earth. And so when, when Peter was asked if he was a follower of Jesus, not only did he deny following Jesus, he denied ever even knowing Jesus. He wanted to protect this life that he had here on this earth. But when Jesus rose again and he was able to see Jesus in resurrection power, something clicked in Peter's life. And no longer was he living just for this life, but he began to live intentionally for eternity to the point that he was willing to stand firm in his faith up until he himself was crucified. You see, when we live for only this life, oftentimes we want to protect and preserve this life, and there can be a lot of fear in that. But when we're living intentionally for eternity, when we recognize that this isn't it, there is peace in knowing that because Jesus lived, we will live too. Because Jesus lived, we are living for something more than this. So there's peace in knowing that we are not orphaned, and there is peace in knowing that this isn't it. Finally this morning, there is peace in Jesus and in Jesus alone. Let's read verse 27 again. It said, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. In the midst of troubling times, in the midst of fearful times for the disciples, Jesus spoke these words to them, Peace I give to you. So last week, I, I said that Jesus offers us something better to worship. This week, I tell you, Jesus gives us a better peace. You see, all too often, we look to our circumstances to, prov 
to provide peace for our lives. And so if things are going well at work, then I'm at peace. If my family is healthy at home, then I'm at peace. And maybe even if, if this nation is at rest, then, then I'm at peace. But, but if there's trouble at work, if there's turmoil at home, or if this nation is not at rest, then, then I'm not at peace. My heart is fearful and my heart is troubled. But Jesus offers us a better peace. A peace that's not based on our circumstances. And so I want you to hear this this morning. As believers, our peace is not found in our present. Our peace is found in his presence. Let me say that again. As believers, our peace is not found in our present. Our peace is found in his presence. So back when... Emily was a toddler. We were still living up in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma in an apartment complex. And, and to get from the parking lot to our apartment complex, you had to walk across some uneven ground. Now, Emily could walk already, but, but there were times that, that she would get a little scared walking. And, and, and especially when she was crossing uneven ground. And so I remember this one day we had gone to the store, Emily and I, and when we got home, she began to walk across this uneven ground and she froze right there. But then I reached out my hand to her and she put her hand in mine and I remember this calm assurance that came over her face and she began walking again. Her present circumstances were scary to her. But when she recognized that her father was present there with her, all of a sudden, she was able to walk again in peace. So let me pause right here and ask you, what is the uneven ground that you're walking on today? What are the, what are the troubling times that you're experiencing today that has you frozen in fear? And as you think of whatever that thing might be, would you just recognize the presence of your father reaching out his hand to you, offering his peace. Our peace is not found in our present. Our peace is found in his presence. Because here's the reality. When we find our peace in our present, our peace is going to be ever-changing like a roller coaster. So when times are good, we'll have have times of uh, experiencing high peace. And when times are not good, then we're going to have a low or a lack of peace. But when we find our peace in Jesus, who does not change, then it does not matter what goes on around us. Whatever those external circumstances might be, we will still be able to live in, to walk in and experience peace. Because in Jesus, our lives can be peaceful. Jesus said, peace I give to you. And if you're here today and you've given your life to Christ, if Jesus is your Lord, then you can walk in that peace today because you have an overflow, a surplus of Jesus, the peace giver in your life. There's peace in knowing we are not orphaned. There's peace in knowing that this isn't it. And there is peace in Jesus and in Jesus alone. So as we get ready to close this morning, the question that I have for you is, 
Do you have that peace that I've been talking about today? It's a peace that you, you can't get from the world. It's a peace that you can only experience by allowing Jesus to be your Lord. And if you're here today and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, then I want to give you the opportunity to do that. So in just a moment, Becky's going to come and lead us in another song. And as we sing this song, this is going to be your opportunity to respond this morning. And maybe you're here today and you would say, you recognize as you look at your life, there is a lack of peace in your life because there is a lack of Jesus in your life. And today you're ready to turn from your sins and you are ready to allow Jesus to become the Lord of your life. If that's you, then I would invite you to respond this morning. I'm going to be standing right down front. As we sing this song, feel free, step out of your seat, come and join me down here. Let's talk, let's pray. Today you can receive this peace that is only guaranteed to us in Jesus. But more than that, today you can receive salvation in Jesus Christ. And if you're ready to do that, then please respond this morning. Maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ, but you recognize you have allowed yourself to focus on your present instead of his presence. And because of that, there is a lack of peace in your life. And today you just need to refocus your heart off of your present and back onto his presence. You can do that right where you're at, but if, if you need someone to pray with you, then I'd be more than happy to do that. I would invite you to respond as well. Maybe you're here today and you would say, you've given your life to Christ, but you've never made your faith public through baptism. Listen, Jesus calls all of us as believers to take that step of baptism. And if you're here today and you've never taken that step, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's make that commitment today for you to be baptized, for you to make your faith in Christ public. And maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ and you have been baptized and you know that God is calling you to connect with this church body, to become a member here at First Baptist Stockdale, to come alongside of us and join us as we serve the Lord and as we walk in this full life together. If that's you, if God's calling you to become a member here at First Baptist Stockdale, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's talk. Let's pray. Today you can become a member here at First Baptist Stockdale. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments as we sing this song, this is going to be your opportunity to respond. Would you stand with me right now and let's pray together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.